0: hey everybody thanks for tuning in to the in the truck podcast i'm your host dennis brown on twitter brown at brown underscore d-e-n-i-s-m i'm not quite sure why i bother with that since everyone who listens to this probably gets to to it from twitter since that's the only place that i post the links but you never know you never know So today is a a beautiful upstate New York day. It's like 46 and raining, just a little. Mm -mm -mm. The only thing better is 36 and raining. Not really. If you don't live someplace that has cold rain, it's the worst. (laughs) I'd rather be 25 and snowing. But anyway, I love it up here. Anyway, what I want to talk about today is um, something specifically that goes on with people who are supporters of the president of the United States, of which I am, right? So I voted for Trump. I'm a big Trump fan, even if only to aggravate a lot of people so essentially everyone who annoys me hates Donald Trump and that's enough for me to think it's awesome so as soon as I realized that the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the media were all horrified at the thought of a Trump presidency I was all in on a Trump presidency (laughs) trump presidency and i totally disagree like there's a lot of criticism out there about the tweeting like oh he shouldn't be tweeting no he should be tweeting it's hysterical that tweet he put out a couple weeks ago about how uh, kim jong-un called him old and why would he do that since i would never quote i would never call him short and fat (laughs) that's pure gold that is pure comedy gold And quite frankly, if he's got to tweet 4,000 times to get to that, I'm totally fine with it. And, you know, he's right that the media won't give him a fair shake. Now, if his Twitter use was coherent, that would be helpful. And you could really make the argument that, you know what, the news media is not giving him a fair shake and not talking about the things that are positive and, um... So he's going to do that. Okay, fine. But a lot of it's not, not that coherent, so it's hard to make that argument. But whatever. But the thing that drives me absolutely insane is that we are in the middle of the worst stock bubble in history. The worst, hands down. So you got to go back a ways. In the mid-late 80s, uh, Federal Reserve chairman named Alan Greenspan took over, and interest rates were really high. They had been as high as the 20s. I want to say by the time Greenspan took over, it might have been down like 16, 12, something like that. But still, you know, double-digit interest rates. And Greenspan took over the Federal Reserve System, and he started systematically lowering rates. When I got to college in 1997, he had gotten rates down to, I don't remember, 6, 5, 4, somewhere in there. And it just had been this slow, steady, like, a quarter percent per quarter kind of decline in interest rates and what that leads to is growth because as you make the ability to get money when, when money becomes cheaper people are more willing to do it and then they borrow more and then they use it to build businesses and buildings and it puts people to work and right you're incentive basically you're incentivized borrowing where when interest rates are really high people don't want to borrow because they need a bigger return whatever so when I, and I remember this because when I went to college, Greenspan was considered the genius to end all geniuses. I studied economics and that was it, man. Greenspan was like, you might as well have been the second coming of Jesus Christ for these people. They would talk about him like he was so brilliant. And then they would present what he'd done. And I remember multiple professors talking about Greenspan and interest rate reductions and how brilliant he was. And I said, well, what do you do when you get to zero? And they all laughed at me. They're like, oh, you never get to zero. You can't get to zero. I'm like, well, he's a one-trick pony. Like, all he's done is lower interest rates slowly. So eventually he's going to get to zero. They're like, oh, no, no, it will never get to zero. All right, well, 9-11 happens. And we go to zero. And then what? Well, in Europe, they they eventually went to negative interest rates. But they would pay you to borrow money as long as you borrowed enough. Here, we didn't do that. Instead, Greenspan retired. So, he was done. He took the interest rates to zero and got out. Well, so, then the recession hits. Interest rates are still crazy low. And then they decide, because of the recession, they can't raise the rates. they got to keep them low. Because raising the rates, in the same way that lowering the rates increases economic activity, raising the rates reduces economic activity, or the likelihood of it that would have a direct impact on the job market. And that's 100% accurate, it would. So they've held the rates down. Well, that's great if you want to borrow money. That is not great if you're looking for places to invest money. So traditionally, people would invest money in banks, savings accounts, CDs, that kind of thing, They have a, have a steady return, and um, it's pretty secure. So excuse me. So that's the normal thing. Well, if you get interest rates down low enough that the rate of interest on an investment like a savings account or a CD is lower than inflation. It doesn't take a brilliant person to realize that while your money is sitting in the CD for that year or those two years, you're losing money. So if you have a one percent return on your CD and a three percent inflation target by the Federal Reserve, that every year your money sits in that CD, you lose 2%. You don't have to be that brilliant to figure it out. So then people start looking for someplace they can get better than 3%, and that ends up being the stock market because the stock market's not controlled by interest rates. And as the options, the feasible and viable options for investment dwindle, and the stock market becomes the only place, the only haven to invest, money starts pouring in, and it's been going on now for what, nine years, and there's more and more and more and more and more money pouring in the stock market, and that makes the price of stocks go higher and higher and higher and higher, because nobody's pulling out, because there's nowhere to go. But the reason that it's like that, the reason we have record high stock market, and essentially if you look at from the recession to today, the stock market has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And it certainly has outpaced economic growth. It certainly outpaced wage growth. It certainly outpaced every, every other indicator. It's because it's the only viable option for investment to get any kind of serious return. It's a bubble, it's bullshit bubble. And the minute the Federal Reserve raises rates high enough that you can invest in a CD or a savings account or some other safer investment and achieve higher than inflation returns, it's over. And the Fed knows it. And they've painted themselves in a stupid corner. And now they're increasing rates like a quarter percent, a half, a quarter percent a year, trying to creep it back up because they can't leave it at zero forever. They've got to do something. But they're very aware that the whole world's economy is hinged on the United States stock market. When the United States stock market tanks, the whole world panics and a ton of other countries are invested and big institutional investors are invested in the New York Stock Exchange and other Wall Street exchanges, NASDAQ, whatever. So that's in it. There's this bizarre little balancing act where the Federal Reserve's trying to figure out how to bump rates up a little, but not enough to start the great exodus from the stock market. Because that's a self-feeding monster too, right? As soon as it starts and values start to go down because people are selling to get out, to get into CDs or savings accounts or money markets or whatever investment they found that's a sure thing that's going to pay... You know, 4% or 5% and they can beat inflation. That's all they really want to do is maintain the value of what they have. Maybe have a little bit of growth. And as soon as that stock price starts to drop, people freak out. And they start to sell. And it'll just start a massive sell-off. And the thing that the President of the United States needs to stop, and the thing that all his supporters need to stop, is bragging about the freaking stock market. If I see one more Trump tweet... Bragging about the stock market, record highs in the stock market. I'm going to lose it. I shouldn't say that because I'm sure I'm going to see a thousand more before the year's over. What he should be doing is calling out is what it is. It's a bubble. If he has a plan to be an eight-year, a two-term president and be in office for eight years, the bubble's not going to last eight years. So what he should do is he should call it out for what it is. Call it a bubble. Say, hey, we have GDP growth. We have manufacturing growth. New home starts. Call out real indicators that affect real people's lives, and say, hey, the economy is moving in the right direction. We got higher employment participation rates. We got whatever. The real numbers. The real things that really matter to real people. And then turn on the stock market and be like, it's a bubble. It's going to burst. It's BS. So when it bursts, you're going to have a three-year, or a four-year, or a five-year record of calling it out for what it is, and people don't go, oh well. You took all the credit when it was up. Now you can take all the blame when it's down. And it has nothing to do with who's the president or what's going on in the country. That's not what drives stock prices. What drives stock prices are dollars flooding into the stock market. So you've got all these overvalued stocks that have totally outperformed the economy by for a decade. And it's got to correct. It's going to correct. The housing market corrected. The dot com stuff corrected. Every bubble in history corrects. And it all follows the same pattern. One day, when no one's expecting it, all of a sudden, it's over. Poof. So please, for the love of God, do not take credit. Do not pretend that the policies advocated for and implemented by the President of the United States is what's driving the stock market, because it's not. And if you take the credit for the stock market growth, you're going to take all the blame for the collapse. And that's only fair. You want to stand there and say, I'm great, look at the stock market. Well, okay. You're connecting yourself to it. You're saying that you have an impact on it, that you are controlling it. And when it comes apart at the seams and you have a correction, well, you're going to get blamed and people are right to blame you. And you know what? You got to know that the media and the politicians that don't like Trump are going to jump all over that. And you're not going to be able to talk your way out of it, man, because it's going to mess people up. You know, like it or not, real or not real, what happens in the stock market affects real people. And when it collapses and companies start firing people, it's bad. And it's not just one little industry. The dot com thing was bad, but it was just one little niche thing, right? Like the dot com bubble didn't affect GE, Ford, IBM, right? It was these little stocks nobody ever heard of that were overvalued and they all got corrected. Well, now it's not that. It's the whole market. All these big companies, all these publicly traded companies are overvalued. And like I said, the reason they're overvalued is not because the President of the United States has some great business growth economic policy. The reason they're overvalued is because interest rates are too low. So the Fed is pushing for that 3% inflation target. They want to inflate they call it inflation they want to basically deflate the value of the dollar three percent a year and if you can't make three percent or more interest in your investments then you're losing money so that's pretty much what i wanted to say you know keep tweeting keep doing your thing keep pushing buttons it's funny it's fun to watch you know But God, disconnect yourself from the stock market. And then the campaign, he talked about it. You know, Obama Obama didn't control the stock price and it was a bubble or whatever. And then as soon as he got elected, he healed turned on it. You got to get back to telling the truth on that because it's going to come home to roost. So anyway, hey, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you learned something and I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But I will tell you this, if you do have money in the stock market, probably a good time to go ahead and get out of it. Maybe not today. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying it's not going to hold on for eight more years. You're not going to have a 20-year stock bubble. Something will happen. So, Hey, listen, I hope you all had a great day today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later.